battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Alright, welcome back to another episode everybody. I've got a full episode for you this week. Last week was uh, that kind of short episode, coming back from camp and just kind of getting people's reactions. I I really wasn't up to... uh, editing down like a full interview. I was pretty tired. So uh, this week I've got a full interview for you with Howard Dolman. Howard is the head of Solabs in Canada. They are the producers of Pure Cleanse, Pure Sand, Pure Tech, uh, a bunch of different products made for the body art industry. And um, I, you know, I personally like the product. Uh, I just want to kind of put it out there first before we start talking about it that I don't get sponsorships. I don't get uh, any sort of money or, or compensation for talking about products on my show. So when I talk about it, it's because I, I think it has uh, genuine importance to the industry. And I think Pure Cleanse really kind of falls into that category. For a long time, people were using a product called Technicare, and it was kind of a, a newer innovation for body art at the time that it came out, you know, in that early kind of 2000s period. Um, people really started using it and switching over from iodine, which was pretty much the industry standard for uh, years and years in our industry. Uh, nothing wrong with iodine. I think it works great. I use it for large portions of my career, but there got to a point where it was like, okay, hey, there's this new product out there. Uh, it doesn't turn the skin all orange. You don't have to wipe it off with uh, saline after you prep the area. And uh, it also has the functionality of, uh, you know, being really good, you know, kills 99.99% of germs within 30 seconds. You know, I think that's the tagline for a lot of those PCMX chemicals. Uh, you might hear me mention uh, the phrase PCMX, uh, parachloromethazylenol. That's the active ingredient in uh, things like Technicare and, and Pure Cleanse, and there are other families of products that uh, go along with them. So I was using Technicare for years, and then there was an issue with Technicare's label where it was uh, pulled from market. And you couldn't get it for a while. And I remember there was this ridiculous point of time where, um, you know, people were selling their leftover uh, product, their leftover Technicare bottles. They were going on eBay for hundreds of dollars because it was, you know, counting down the clock to uh, the expiration date of the, the last released batch. It was kind of a ridiculous point in the industry. And I remember a lot of people scrambling and thinking, you know, what are we going to do? And the mentality for some people, uh, kind of the people that were, you know, vocal on, on BME, which is kind of my community at the time, um, a bunch of people are saying, we don't want to go back to iodine. You know, we kind of see it as a, a step in the, the wrong direction for us. So, you know, people started looking for different products. There were a couple different ones released uh, that were trying to fill that uh, that gap in the market, but they never really lived up to what people wanted for body art. You know, there were a few other products where they were just stickier or gooier. They were really way more of a soap than a, a skin prep type uh, product. And then, uh, you know, Pure Cleanse came along after a few years, and uh, it was really, really similar to Technicare. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be much of a surprise uh, when, when Howard talks about how uh, the beginnings of the Pure Cleanse line were kind of reverse engineered from the Technicare line. So um, there was a company in Canada that uh, started producing it uh, and started to tweak it based on a lot of uh, input from people in the body art community, myself included, and, and a bunch of different people that I knew around Canada and, and uh, the U.S., and they really started to dial in the product, you know, uh, get rid of unnecessary additives and colorings and uh, really talking to us about 
what goes into the the packaging and what you need to see on a label and what kind of like bottle are you dispensing from and things like that. They're they're really open to feedback from the community, which I think is one of the the, the better things about them. Uh, I know that there are some products out there that really market heavily to the body art industry, but don't really pay a lot of attention to the feedback. You know, a positive, constructive criticism can be really beneficial to uh, you know both sides of, of a situation like that. So, um, Pure Cleanse and and So Labs they really listen to constructive criticism and feedback. And uh, I really just wanted to kind of talk to Howard and uh, get some of the the background of how the product came to be, how it was developed. Um, the different kinds of testing that goes into it and, and things like that. You know, I, I think a lot of people in our industry just blindly use products but don't really do a lot of the research on it. You know, so if you're uh, a body piercer who's using um, iodine or using Pure Cleanse or using whatever you're using for skin prep, really research it and, uh, you know, it's it's up to you to make the the interpretation and uh, the decision of, of what's right in your studio for your application. You know, so some people are going to feel more comfortable with uh, a product like a, an individually sterilized and packaged iodine swab, some people are going to feel more comfortable with something like a, a, a PCMX uh, skin cleanser, and uh, you know that's really up to you. You know, if you're not legally required to use one product or another, a lot of it comes into uh, you know the research you do, your interpretation of that research, and what you feel comfortable with in your studio. So uh, we're going to talk to Howard Dolman a little bit. Just a couple things to keep in mind. I've still got my Monday, December 3rd seminar in the Portland, Oregon area. It's going to be in Vancouver, Washington, just over the bridge from Portland. Uh, it's filling up pretty fast now. I remember uh, when I first announced the class, you know, the registrations were pretty slow to, to trickle in. And now I think, uh, you know, people are working into their schedule and, and they're figuring out what works for them. So I'm starting to get uh, quite a pickup of the registrations there. Uh, I'd really like to keep that going and, and have it be a, a pretty strong class. I know the Portland area is a really strong community of piercers and, uh, you know, I'd like to reach out to as many as possible. And just as a reminder, uh, this class will count towards continuing education hours for Oregon. So all those piercers that do have to have uh, some sort of yearly training, uh, this will count towards that. Uh, one last thing, the APP election cycle is really starting to ramp up. Uh, the nomination process was uh, closed last week and the official nominations went out. I saw a lot of people on Facebook yesterday posting about how they were uh, really excited to have been nominated. Just to kind of give you some perspective, you know, it only takes one person to nominate you. So, you know, that's not really a mandate. So. I know it makes you feel really nice when you when you get those nominations, but I really want people to stop and think for a moment before they accept the nomination and decide to run. Um, there have been some some pretty good posts in the APP members forum. Uh, I know Mira Hernandez posted something that that really kind of hit it right on the head. Um, you know, if you don't have experience working within the infrastructure of the APP, uh, running for the board of directors is not necessarily going to be an easy job for you. So really think it out. You know, um, not necessarily is the the board right for you, but you know, are you right for the board? You know, if you've never volunteered before, um, if you've never helped out at conference, if you've never been on a committee. Uh, if you don't know how that structure works, uh, committees and volunteers and votes and, you know, the treasurer and the secretary and proposals, and if you don't want to put in, you know, an extra 10 to 20 hours of work um, after you get home from work, really stop and think, you know, are you going to be a, a strength? Are you going to be an asset for the board of directors? Or are you maybe going to 
um, slow down a lot of the work that's that's being done by you know dozens of people within the APP. So um, I, I really do want to see some new blood come into the board of directors, but you know really I, I want it to be people that are there to work um, and are there to uh, volunteer their time for the the greater good of the overall industry. So um, you know please just take a minute and, and think about it. Um, I know some people get really like frothed up online and and they think I'm going to go in and I'm going to change the world and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I've seen uh, those people come and go on the board of directors. I've seen most of that type of person um, quit after a few weeks once they realize the, the actual weight of the work. And uh, it's not something visible. Uh, you can kind of put it in that thankless task kind of uh, category where you know, uh, you're going to get a lot of pressure from a lot of people. There are going to be a lot of people that um, you would consider friends who are going to be pretty harsh critics of you. Um, and you're going to be the target for everyone's anger. So, you know, if you're one of those people kind of uh, shouting uh, on, on Facebook about certain issues, realize that if you want to run for the board and if you get elected to serve on the board, you're going to be that target that a lot of people are shouting about. So um, really stop and think about it. If you want to run, uh, I am very happy to support everyone that runs. But, uh, you know, I, I now that I see the, the how the sausage is made, um, I, you know, I really want it to be people who are who are there to work and not just people to be seen. So I uh, just wanted to kind of put that thought in the back of your mind if, uh, if you're an APP member and you have been nominated. So let's get into uh, maybe something a little bit more upbeat. Let's talk about some soaps. Uh, we're going to talk to Howard Dolman from SoLabs. My name is Howard Dolman. Uh, my business partner is uh, Mark Zakabe. Uh, the son of my original partner, Richard, uh, there in Toronto, I'm in Montreal. All our manufacturing for Science Option Labs is done in Ontario. And um, yeah, we've been at it uh, close to 10 years, I think, by now. And, the, you know, the products that we make, um, you know, are essentially pure cleanse, pure tech and pure sand. At one point, we were doing pure rinse, but, you know, that was a sea salt, uh, dead sea salt, uh, oral rinse, and the demand sort of tailed off. So uh, we also do a, uh, a line of private label products. Uh, and so, yeah, that's basically our history. We're trying to focus on manufacturing, not, not so much on marketing and selling. The preference is to work with uh, some really good people uh, to distribute for us and and uh, work through that um, that end of things and so you know distribution here in Canada is primarily on the tattoo side uh, with Icon and Mithra and uh, some some other more regional uh, distributors uh, including uh, medical supply companies and uh, in the states it's primarily through a really good friend Patrick McCarthy the owner of Pierceology. And uh, Pat created Body Art Solutions primarily just to help us, um, you know, promote the products and distribute. We recently uh, connected with uh, Ian Human at uh, Hold Fast in the UK. Uh, we have Nordic Tattoo Supply, even Barbarella, uh, you know, in, in the Netherlands, um, some other companies like that. And basically, um, yeah, it's it's been an, a fantastic ride. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, uh, my late wife Shirley was an integral part of it, and uh, losing her to pancreatic cancer was uh, a disaster in many, many ways. And so now the business is ongoing, uh, still trying to come up with the best possible products, um, all based on the needs of the people that we were fortunate enough to meet over the years, starting with my really good friends at Adrenaline 
uh, Jen Wheat and Chris Alib, the owners of Adrenaline Montreal, how this crazy story started from the get-go. Well, how, how did that start? Because I know that you know now you have pretty solid connections to the body art community, but how did that start for you? Uh, it started because in my previous life <laughs> in real estate, I rented the space that Adrenaline Montreal still uh, has here in Montreal on a beautiful street called Sherbrooke, uh, Sherbrooke and Côte de Neige. And I met, you know, this young couple back in 1999, which seems to be uh, ages ago, lifetime ago, and convinced my boss at the time who thought I was completely crazy for, you know, wanting to rent a space to a tattoo and piercing shop, you know, uh, in a beautiful brownstone building blocks from the famous Ritz-Carlton Hotel. He you know, he wanted a bank or a trust company. It took me a few months. I finally convinced them, and they've been there ever since. Even expanded, doubling the size of their space over the years. And um, yeah, so that sort of was the the beginning of the story. Fast forward a couple of years later, I left that business and was doing something else. And about ten years ago, I bumped into Jen and Chris at Costco. Craziest thing. And we just started talking, and next thing you know, I was uh, went to visit them in the shop. I hadn't been there for years. I hadn't seen them for years. And, uh, you know, got a hug when I met them at Costco. I wasn't your typical property manager, and uh, things were going really well for them. But they said they were having trouble getting some products in from the U.S. I didn't really know anything about it at all. I called uh, a good friend of mine in Toronto who happened to be in manufacturing his whole life. And as it turned out, co-owned the manufacturing facility that still makes our products today wow. and said, I have, I have this crazy idea. Um, you know, I don't want to mortgage my house or sell the kids to get into a business. And through his connections, the laboratory was able to uh, essentially reverse engineer the products that I was handed, which everybody knew at the time as Technicare, Barry Care, and Satin. But over the years, I'm proud to say, you know, we did more than simply copycat something. We have undergone at least three or four uh, formula, or, you know, reformulations, uh, including recently, proud to say, uh, turning Pure Cleanse vegan by removing the tiny bit of lanolin that had it had always had, as we had done with Pure Sand a few years ago, the aftercare soap. And uh, we've just been, you know, taking out parabens, colors, uh, colorants, fragrances, dyes interchanging materials and you know slowly but surely i i kind of uh became somewhat self-taught i'm hardly an expert and just understanding what ingredients are in the products and what shouldn't be in and really just a lot of listening we worked with D david vidra at the beginning and that was great and uh just a lot of people that i met including yourself and uh you know jesse vilmer uh, badura and you know so many that were gracious enough to say, hey, you know, if you're going to try this, this is, you know, a direction I think you should take. And we sort of put it all together. And, and um, you know, here we are you know, nearly 10 years later, still hanging in there. And, uh, you know, through word of mouth, mostly, um, you know, the business is, is going, you know, quite okay. Well, I feel like you're kind of in a unique position because there, there are very few other companies where you, you know, the people you know, at the top of the ladder, you know, the people that are developing it and, and manufacturing it and uh, let alone where you can actually just call them up and have a conversation ab about their product. You know, sometimes you have to go through layer after layer of, uh, you know, scientists and, and manufacturers and all that stuff to just give them something as simple as, as feedback, you know, like, 
hey, you know, what if you made your product vegan? Does it really need X, Y, or Z? You know, does it need to be this certain color? And and uh, and to be able to ask questions, you know, exactly how is this supposed to be used? You know, is it appropriate for our industry? You know, um, you know, even issues with with something like as simple as like labeling. You know, so it's just nice to be able to have. Uh, that accessibility and and also the attention uh, where somebody takes our industry seriously because sometimes it's just a faceless company selling selling a product uh, and it really does make a, a positive impact on on us um, if we if we know who it is and we know that they care about how it's being used in our industry. Right. No. No. I, I appreciate that, and I you know I've got to again say proudly that. Uh, you know, the key for me in the beginning was I wasn't making the products for myself. I was making it for the people who I hoped would use it and give me feedback how to make it better and better each time. Mm-hmm. And so part of it was kind of listening to what people needed and also listening to what they didn't want. And so that simply got translated to a fantastic team. You know, there's a huge laboratory at the manufacturing company we work with, biologists, chemists, formulators, um, you know, all the quality control people. There's dozens of people that we've ended up working with over the years. And like I said, it was simply lucky that they paid attention. They thought the project was very interesting, which also helped. And, um, you know, it's true. You know, I, I remember having, you know, great conversations with Brian Skelly, for example. Now, you know, so many people like that didn't know me from, from at all and were kind enough to spend time on the phone with me or, you know, many of the people I had never met and never got to meet. And then luckily we did we did go to APP a, a few times and that was uh, terrific. Actually seeing people face to face and, you know, despite being you know, the old guy with no tattoos and no piercings, <laughs> you know, people treated us extremely well. And I was, I was always appreciative of that. And, you know, for Shirley and I, my partner, Mark and Richard, you know, we, we don't judge and we, we don't care. It, it's all about just treating people the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And it always surprised me, you know, that, you know, when I went to speak with people in different, you know, I've been to tattoo conventions also in, you know, Ottawa, Calgary, Shirley and I even went to China you know, with, with our friends from Mithra. And uh, it's amazing that there's not more legislation, more regulation. And, you know, kids are going to, you know, the, the mall or wherever to get stuff done. And I, I don't know, I, f- I found that offensive, uh, frankly. And, you know, we did try to get involved a little bit. I know Patrick uh, McCarthy has, you know, been quite involved in the state of Ohio. So, yeah, so, you know, we sort of felt part of the community in the sense that we wanted to make proper products and maybe being naive was a little bit of an advantage because I simply picked up the phone and started calling the FDA and calling Health Canada and everyone's saying, no, no, don't call them. Don't, don't get involved. You know, don't let them know who you are. And it did cause a few issues because you sort of become, you know, uh, a target, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, if you get too involved with, with some of these organizations. But I must say that for the most part, most of the people I spoke to, you know, at the at those bodies were very helpful in what you can and can't do. And, you know, it, it did cause issues with our labeling and, and certain terms we were forced to use and people didn't quite understand it. And everybody kept asking for, for example, labels or packaging that spoke to them. Well, you know, as soon as you have an OTC drug like Pure Cleanse is, you can't use uh, industry-specific terms. You can't talk about tattoos and piercings. You simply can't. Uh, 
And if there are products out there that are doing it, well, it's just simply not not legal. So, so what and, is an what is an OTC product? So OTC is simply over the counter, okay. an over the counter drug. Right. You don't need a prescription for it, uh, but it does fall under a whole different, uh, you know, set of, set of rules and restrictions. Mm-hmm. Our manufacturer is Health Canada and FDA licensed. You know, you have to you have to have um, uh, your ducks in a row, so to speak, to have an OTC product out on the market. Not everybody does it. You know, I've I've come across uh, f- you know phony DIN numbers and things like that. I mean, it's quite outrageous. But again, you know, uh, yeah. So go into some of the things that you've had to do for the for the product. Like, what kind of um, testing or, or protocols or, or, you know, even labeling issues, because I know a, a big reason why Technicare wasn't available for so long was because of labeling issues with the FDA. So what were some of the things that you had to do to be able to, to bring your product to market? Right. So in, in terms of labeling and, and not to be critical or judgmental of anybody or any, any product, essentially with the FDA or Health Canada, they have guidelines that you must follow. Certain words can or can't be used. Once once you're an OTC product, it's all about the claims. If you're a cosmetic product, um, they, there's a lot more leeway. But again, there's there's norms that have to be followed. So in terms of uh, labeling uh, for you know an OTC product, you you just you know you just have to go on the website for Health Canada or or the, the FDA and follow. The, the terminology that they will accept. But like I said, you know, it, then it's also uh, formula dependent. Pure Cleanse, for example, has 3% chlorozylenol. That's, that's within the drug limit, anything above 0.5. So if I wanted to say, for example, this is how you use Pure Cleanse to clean, you know, prior to a tattoo or a piercing, I'm not allowed to do it. I can have written protocols describing how it it should be used and of course that was um you know that was done with huge help from a, a lot of people within the industry because again it it's the practitioners that are gonna you know guide us not not somebody in a lab who's never done a piercing or a tattoo so it was sort of a combination of everybody um but yes it 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 has been a little bit, uh, you know, uh, challenging to say the least, to deal with health can in the FDA when a lot of products are out there that sort of bypass it all. Okay. Uh, but again, I, our our uh, kind of mission at the beginning was to follow the rules properly, do the best we can in terms of the product, which is the you know the first priority as far as labeling goes. Well, you have to follow the rules. Pure Sand, the aftercare soap and uh, skin cleanser, and Pure Tech, the, the tattoo cream and aftercare cream, they were at one point considered OTC drugs. We simply changed the formula to make them cosmetics so we could speak to the end users, have labeling that spoke to the person who was going to you know, use it during their, their uh, tattoo or piercing or use it for aftercare. That makes sense because I, I know a lot of the criticism that have fallen on certain products has been, you know, over words like you know skin prep and and things like that. So it must be difficult when you're when you're making a product where you know that is one of the functionalities, but you know you have to kind of run that line of being able to use or not use certain words. That must be that must be pretty challenging. 
uh, it's a challenge because you you want to address your clients. You want to address the people that are going to work with the product and support you and are, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, the priority for us. And at the end of the day, if you can, you can. If you can't, you can't. And so you simply have to, you know, work work around it or work within the norms without. Uh, you know, cheating the system or cheating the the end users in any way, mm-hmm. and so that I think we've we've done a pretty good job with that. Uh, the fact is, there's you know politics and and uh, bureaucracy involved in just about every everything we do, and uh, yeah, we just somehow managed to do it. I was able to obtain the DIN numbers, the drug identification number in Canada for Pure Cleanse. You know, we use regulatory consultants for every step of the way here in Canada. I have a regulatory consultant to help us, you know, work our way through the FDA uh, information in the U.S. And that's how we got the NDC number, which is a national drug code number. And the other challenge is that, you know, both countries, although they're, they're quite similar, wording and certain things are a little bit different. That was another challenge added to that, <laughs> added, added to the whole process, which is, you know, we have one, uh, a drug label, an OTC drug label for the U.S. We have to have a different bilingual, obviously, drug label for Canada. Mm-hmm. However, with cosmetics, you know, we're able to sell the cosmetics really anywhere in the world. So none of this sounds how- cheap. All this sounds like a, a lot of work, a lot of time and a lot of money to get to get all this done. Um, you know, time, time is relative. Uh, I don't have to tell you to, you know, anybody, you know, fortunate enough to be listening to your podcast or knowing, you know, all the people I know are working really hard at being entrepreneurs or self-employed independent people. And we sort of tackled it the same. So when you have your own business, there's no such thing as nine to five. And there's certainly no such thing as Monday to Friday. And so the time, if you're kind of passionate about it, I see it in my children now with what they're doing. Uh, the time is is not a factor. You're you know you don't look at it as time when you actually enjoy what you're doing. And you know for the most part we've enjoyed it, although it's it's sometimes hard to to have to deal with the bureaucracy and and politics and everything. Um, and in, as far as money goes, yes, you know one of the other challenges was having the products tested. Our manufacturer has sophisticated testing. Uh, but we've also gone outside to several labs, including, um, you know, biosciences labs in the U.S., which is the top top rated lab for anything to do with, uh, you know, uh, antiseptics and, and uh, cleansers and things. And, yes, it, it has cost money. But at the end of the day, you want to sleep well at night and you want to be proud about what you're doing, in my opinion. Otherwise, don't bother doing it. And well, so, you know, I think that's a, that's a. That is a perfect way. So don't don't shine over that um, because I know that you're a very humble person, you know. But uh, just the fact that you you cared enough, where I think some people could have just said, "Oh well, it's just for tattoo and piercing, whatever. Get a product to market and be done with it," you know. But the fact that you put that care and thought into testing and labeling, making sure that you're doing everything proper and, and legal. And then, you know, you're getting feedback from people and you're having them test it and then you're making improvements in the future. You know, all that speaks volumes to to you as a business person and, and the company you're trying to, to, to run. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. But again, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's the example I wanted to, you know, Shirley and I wanted to set for our kids. And um, and uh, I, think it, I think it's paid off. And uh, as far as, you know, coming out with a product, having seen products or, you know, being 
yeah, being being involved with other other uh, projects and, and people, uh, I I really think there's only one way to approach things, and I think we're really fortunate to have ended up working with so many great. Uh, people and great studios and the most successful tattoo artists, you know, traveling to China with some of the best artists in the world that we met, uh, you know, without naming them all, I don't want to leave anybody out. And, and you know, like I said, um, you know, so many, so many great, great people that uh, are running, you know, uh, I'm really proud to say that, you know, Pure Sand and Pure Cleanse are at Pure Sology or 23rd Street or, and again, not to name drop, it's, that's not my intention. Uh, Chronic Inc. in Toronto is, you know, an unbelievable set of set of studios and artists and you know all they all they sell is pure sand you know uh it's i don't i feel proud about it and i think it i think our strategy has paid off could we have been a bigger faster growing company had we had uh you know all the fancy marketing that gets done or thrown money at people and all that uh perhaps but I know it wasn't it wasn't the way I wanted to approach it, and uh, the same the same goes for my my partners and and uh, for Shirley. So, yeah, it's it's just kind of evolving the way it's evolving, and and uh, that's the way we prefer it. Well, it's evolving in in an organic way, and you know you're evolving uh, you're evolving with integrity. You know, so I do know plenty of other companies where it, it is all about a marketing campaign or um, you know paying some professionals to, to be on a, a pro team or something like that. And, you know, sometimes it's it's good because they're they're doing that because they want to improve their product. And sometimes it's just because they want to make their product more visible. And you can kind of tell with certain companies, you know, some of them flourish. Um, they're accepted by the industry, you know, and then uh, people become their their biggest cheerleaders, you know, and, and say, oh, you got to try this product, you know. And it's not just because I'm, I'm trying to make a buck off you. It's because this is, in my opinion, the, the best product, you know. So... When you as a company can have that trust level with someone where they don't feel like it's just a gimmick or something, um, they feel like it's it's a good, worthwhile product, um, That that is really how you have long-term success in an industry. You know, there are lots of fly-by-night companies that come and go, but, you know, you, you've been around for a while, the product has been around for a while, and, and a lot of people talk about it as being, you know, one of the, the necessary components to their work now, and... I think that all just goes to show all the hard work that that you've put into it. What can I say? I appreciate it, and uh, you know, I I think that's the way we uh, we approached it, and um, you know, time will tell, <laughs> as, yeah. as, as the saying goes. You know, so far ten years is has been good. We'll see in another ten years. I'll you know, I'll be sixty in February. I started with all this when I was fifty. Quite a change of life from a, you know. A, more typical career to you know telling all my friends and family that hey guess what I'm now in the tattoo piercing you know piercing business and so um, I I don't know I think I think it's been a fantastic ride uh, but again I still want to feel proud when I you know send the product to somebody and wait for their feedback and I tell people all the time if there's something wrong please tell me you know uh, it's it's the only way to to improve things and make things better. And we've had people tell us certain things, uh, you know, about the products or what whatever. And um, yeah, it's I think it makes for a better long, like you said, better long term strategy. And maybe that's the difference between starting something when you're twenty something and starting something when you're fifty something. It's just you know the philosophy and approach is a little bit different. So well, I think you can have patience. You know, I think when you when you're at a point where um, 
you know, you, you seem like you were already successful with, with the, a business mentality. So, you know, realizing that, you know, it's, it's long-term uh, clientele that, that keeps you successful in business. You know, if somebody buys one case of product and then they don't care enough to buy a second case of product, you know, maybe, maybe it's not a great product, you know, but when people come back year after year, or if you're still selling something 10 years down the road, you know, that, that shows me that there's some success there. Or stubbornness. <laughs> or stubbornness, or, yeah. or a combination of the two. Either way, yeah, you have to you have to be a little bit crazy to start a business, uh, whether it's you know you're a dentist or a, a piercer or a tattoo artist. I mean, you got to be a little bit crazy and and not listen to the people who are telling you it's not going to work or it's going to be too hard. And um, yeah, you sort of have to have blinders on a little bit. And like many things in life, if I look back now and say, you know, should I have done all this? I still say yes, but there's things that, you know, I might have changed or done differently, but you can't go back. That's just the bottom line. So you well, got to keep mean, that. That's business, but that's also life too. You know, there, there are plenty of regrets that everybody has once they get, you know, enough years in, but, uh, I think it's, <laughs> you know, you have more success than failure. I think that's the, the, the key component. Exactly. Exactly. So, that, so that, uh, you said that you've it. gotten a lot of feedback over the years. Um, has there been, has there been what you would classify as negative feedback? Because I know that every time there's a product, there's going to be someone who prefers another product, you know? So I know that there are lots of piercers who prefer, you know, products like iodine, um, things that are, are more traditionally in the camp of like, you know, medical skin prep, surgical skin prep, things like that. So did you have, did you have pushback from anyone when it came to something like a, like a PCMX product? Was was there, were there any... Um, like obstacles early on where, uh, you know, you kind of had to listen to positive feedback, but maybe also some negative feedback. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that, that goes without saying simply because, you know, when you enter in a new domain, certainly new for us and a new product, uh, people are, you know, uh, proud to be working with whatever they're working or they've made it made a choice to work with something i totally understand that no, nobody wants to be told that what they're doing isn't proper or could be better because it sort of negates what you've been doing up until a certain point um i guess you know you know just you know thinking thinking back that you know the first issue was everybody said oh here comes technicare again and so because there had been issues or people had felt left down for whatever reason. And again, nothing negative about anybody or anything. Uh, you know, we were sort of seen as the copycat. But I knew that we weren't. I knew that we had, you know, made changes to the product. I knew where it was being made. I knew the kind of, uh, you know, due diligence that was done and quality control. So that, you know, I sort of heard it, but it didn't, it didn't dis dis you know, dissuade us from pushing forward. Eventually, you know, I remember, you know, the first uh, the first batch of PureTech we made. Well, the predecessor had been like this neon bright orange, and I didn't know any better. <laughs> so, you know, we just we just came out with something similar, and everybody said, "What the heck are you making it? You know, this color for? No problem. Take out the color. Take out the parabens. You know." So eventually, uh, the comments were not so much negative as, "Well, why don't you try this?" or "Why don't you know?" And we started to study ourselves instead of simply copycatting. Um, of course, you know, another thing, you know, not that I want to go back in time necessarily, but, you know, the whole thing about having to have the term hand washing on the label. Well, you know, there is just no choice with Health Canada. It's, you know, it's not because I wanted to put out a hand wash and then tell, tell people to use it for something completely different. But in the domain of antiseptic soaps, their, their categories are limited. And 
Uh, I don't think it would surprise anybody to hear that the FDA and Health Canada don't want to know about tattooing and piercing at the moment. At least they did in 10 years ago. Maybe, hopefully things are changing a little bit. But, you know, it it was like waving a big red flag saying, and hey, I'm, I, you know, I called up and say, hey, I'm about to make a product for the tattooing and piercing industry. And I was pretty much told point blank, uh, we don't want to know about that. Hmm. You know, we're, we, we, we don't, we don't, we're not involved in that whatsoever. And so that was an initial shock that we had to overcome and say, okay, well, how do we work our way through the system still being you know, legal with our packaging and labeling. And, and don't forget, we, you know, we were also manufacturing in Canada and sending it into the U.S. That was a whole set of other issues that even 10 years ago, you know, we, we overcame. We got everything set up with, with, you know, customs brokers and regulatory people. And now today, without getting too political, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of uh, issues potentially on the horizon with NAFTA and all that. So with each, each, um, you know, uh, hurdle or negative comment or whatever, you simply have to find a solution. And so uh, the feedback I got, for the most part, the ones that I took seriously were about the product and how it could work better or, or what ingredients it could have. Anybody who was either insulting to me personally or the company, I, I, I brushed it off. That stuff never bothered me. I don't, I don't care what people think about me. And, um, you know, if you know deep down that you're doing your best and doing something appropriate and the vast majority of people are supporting you and, you know, hoping that you survive and continue because, you know, they actually do use and, and like the products that sort of sustained us. You know, the odd naysayer wasn't a big deal. It didn't mean I ignored them. I just, you know, I would just run by negative comments with the people that I really confided in and trusted and to hear what they had to say about the people making the comments or about the comments themselves. And that's, you know, that's how how it, it continues to, to be. I, I wish I could be that common collected sometimes when it comes to, to <laughs> negative criticism. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you're not old enough yet, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe another, another 10 or 20 years I'll be able to yeah. keep my emotions yeah. in check when I get criticism. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's an acquired uh, it's an acquired skill. <laughs> <laughs> so um, some of the uh, some of the the input you've you've gotten over the years, you know, um, maybe it's been things that you haven't been able to to do at the time. Um, like, have you have you gotten any feedback for? you know, kind of put the thought in the back of your head, like maybe alternate packaging. Cause I, I know a lot of the time when people get uh, like a product like pure cleanse, they get it in the, the larger bottle. Um, they're kind of dispensing it from that with a pump and they're, they're using it for something like a, a skin cleanser. Um, has there, has there been any experimentation? You know, I think, I think you've done individual towelettes before, but have you, have you thought about individual swabs? Have you thought about like individually sterilized product, anything like that? Right. So, uh, no, really good question. And uh, first of all, first of all, when the initial comments came up about a sterilized product and all that, we actually did do completely separate independent testing. You know, uh, again with independent labs. And I'm not doing this stuff myself. Uh, called bio burden challenges. You know, on new bottles, on used bottles. You know, to confirm that the you know the PCMX or chlorazylenol and the formulation. I think that's another thing that. You know, I learned and people should understand is it's not just what the individual ingredients are in any product. 
including the active ingredient like a chlorazylenol, but the overall formulation that really matters. And so the BioBurden challenge proved, you know, that the product sitting in a bottle, bulk packaging, there was no no impact on it. There was no bacterial growth. There was no diminution of the of the uh, you know of the active ingredient. So in that sense, you know, we were comfortable continuing to sell it because again, the vast majority of people wanted something as cheap and as affordable as they could get. And simply put, a 30 ounce bottle is cheaper than making the equivalent in, in pouches. We did experiment with towelettes, found a manufacturer in the US, made them cost a fortune, uh, sold very little, handed out mostly as samples. And the problem again was how much they were going to cost. And so it's one thing to ask for a product or a type of thing. Is it, is it, is it affordable? And maybe if I was making millions of them, it could have been, but you know, I think we made 50 or 60,000 towelettes the first time and it cost an awful lot of money. Um, and, but that was then now because of legislation and other issues, there's no question that single use and sterilization is becoming more uh, relevant. And so, uh, I in fact just, you know, just spoke to, you know, the largest sterilization company this week found out that it can be done the way we want to do it, uh, the type of pouches, and we're just actually working on the technical specs now. But again, it's going to boil down to dollars and cents. Can we afford to do it? And can we afford to price it so people are going to want to use a single-use pouch? I won't bother with the towelette. Same thing happened, like as you can imagine. Some thought the towelette was too big. Some thought it was too small. And so it became a little unfeasible to make a whole series of different sized towelettes for a relatively small company like ours. I'm but sure, I think, yeah. but I think a single use pouch uh, has to happen. We want it to happen. We're working on it now, and so uh, it's a combination of you know the formula, finding the pouch maker, find you know getting it to you know the sterilization facility, and seeing if the total cost is uh, reasonable. Uh, for us to do and can we make enough of them to make it reasonable everything's based on quantity and uh, then seeing you know how much it would be to put it out in the market the ones who will have no choice but to use single use uh, whether it's a needle or a pouch or you know an antiseptic or whatever I guess we'll have no choice but again my goal is not to jack up the price just because I know somebody has to use it because their state or province is mandating it uh, so yes, it, it is actually being worked on now. But again, the pure cleanse, uh, as it is in the bottle, all the testing we've done, all the comparative testing that actually, uh, you know, Pat McCarthy from Pureology sponsored at Biosciences Lab, it wasn't even us, uh, comparing to, you know, alcohol and povidone iodine. I mean, it, it, the product really does do what it's supposed to do. And so, um, yeah, and so, but yes, terms of packaging all things are being considered it all boils down to dollars and cents at the end yeah i'm sure i mean just like anything in business but you know i i definitely think that there is that uh kind of undercurrent in the the piercing industry to go as disposable and as individual use as possible so you know i, I think it's definitely great to to kind of work towards that because maybe it doesn't have um the highest demand today but i feel like next year or the year after that or sometime soon, I, I think there's going to be a bit more of a wave of people that are either choosing that or, or required to use that. So it's definitely smart to, to put the research into that now. 
Uh, I agree 100. percent I can tell you that Patrick, uh, you know, and we speak to speak uh, very often, and I rely on his expertise and experience. Um, and people like yourself, any anybody who's willing to speak with me, I'm willing to listen. There's no question that the single use is um, is up and coming, and and will probably dominate the, the market at some point uh, for various reasons, just because it's more practical, it's legislated. Uh, or it's just you know what what people what the market is expecting. So right. we're working. So how often do you get um, piercers or, or tattooers or studio owners that reach out to you and want to talk about the science behind it? Because I remember years ago when I was looking for things like you know skin cleansers and aftercare products and this and that. You know I would I would hunt down uh, like the the safety data sheets and I would you know I would be researching the chemicals and, and how the chemicals were used in other applications and all these things. And I really wanted to know products inside and out before I really started thinking about bringing them into my studio. So do you get that kind of engagement now? Or do you feel like more of the industry is uh, kind of waiting for someone else to do the homework and then they kind of adopt the product once once they see other people using it? Um, there's definitely leaders you know, in every industry, I think, uh, you know, I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way, but, you know, there's a, a big difference in my 10-year experience between tattoo artists and piercers. Tattoo artists are quite independent. Individual artists, the piercers tend to talk more amongst themselves. They have, you know, the APP conference and all that. Uh, tattoo conventions, you know, the artists might get together, the few, the few that are friends, but basically they're there and they're working. Uh, at APP, there's there's conferences and courses, and it's really remarkable to see people trying to educate themselves and improve their skills. And again, it's you know, are you there for short term or are you there for long term? And so I think things like that are really uh, commendable and impressive. Uh, I get less calls than I used to, uh, but in the beginning, and I I. If memory serves right, I think that's perhaps how we even met. You know, you know, you wanted to know more about about the products. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a little bit less now, and I think that's in part because <clears throat> there are people who are, um, you know, aware of what we've done, aware of the products, who are speaking for us. If that makes any sense, so no, you know, no, it completely does, yeah. You know, if somebody's going to call me and I, you know, one of the, I remember, you know, for the first number of years, the first thing I'd say is, listen, I, I'm going to tell you everything I know, but, you know, I'm the manufacturer. If I was calling a manufacturer, I'd assume the manufacturer is telling me what I want to hear. So I'll tell you what I know, but then I would prefer that you call some of the, you know, experts that we're dealing with or experienced people that we're dealing with to corroborate what I'm saying. You know, I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. And I think that <laughs> that approach, you know, it worked in the sense because people knew I wasn't trying to BS them or, you know, you know, sell them something that that they didn't need or or wasn't going to suit them. And so, you know, it's pretty much how I've conducted all of my business life in real estate or whatever, and it worked out quite well. Depends how you want to approach it. So, but yes, people were calling, and we do have safety data sheets and. All the rest. There were there were even a few I remember. Uh, Patrick, for example, and some others wanted to you know meet with our manufacturers. No problem. You know, it's not that we go around uh, bragging about who we're working with, but if somebody's going to take the bold step of selling our products and helping us distribute them, then they need to know everything and anything. In part because I also want to hear from them in terms of how they see the process, you know, and how our 
our production is being done, how our products are being formulated to get their input as well. And so it's been a pretty open story. And I think that's been a positive thing for, for me anyway. That's how I approach it. And I think that's worked out just fine. I think it's also worked out really well for the industry because, you know, when you, when you have products that are out there um, and they're kind of marketed in like a, um, hey, we have a really nice looking label, you know, hey, we have a strong Instagram presence and just trust us that it does what we says it's, we says it's doing, you know, we say it's doing. Um, but there's a huge difference between that and uh, yes, you know, look at these tests, you know, look at these independent laboratory tests. Here's a result. Here's a result. Here's a result. We're going to send you these. You can verify them. You can call the people that tested. You can call the people that made it. I think that's a huge difference, you know, and that is in, in accountability that I would really like to see, um, more present in the industry because I, I think some piercers, like you said, piercers really like to talk to each other. And sometimes it's that game of telephone where it's, um, oh, I heard that this product does this from someone and they heard it from someone and they heard it from someone rather than you just being able to go to the source and be like, um, hey, I heard your product does something. Can you show me verification that it does that? Uh, and being able to say like, yes, here's the test. You know, you can verify it. You can call the laboratory. You can you can do whatever. And we have this, this information to back it up. I think that's a, a huge uh, plus for the industry. And I would really like to see piercers continue that trend of ask questions and explore, you know, don't tear a, a product apart because, you know, somebody else likes to use iodine or this or that, like uh, put two products up against each other and then look at all the science behind it, you know, look at the, the safety data sheets, look at the test results for product A, product B, and then make the decision for which one is, is right for your studio, you know, and I don't, I don't think a lot of piercers are doing that these days because I think a lot of other people have kind of put in that work and said like yes this is a good product or or you know maybe this isn't the product I chose for me so they kind of just you know fall in line with that but still you know I really like to see people do their their homework and their their due diligence on products and it's great that you know as a, a product as a company um, you're you're so open to that I think that separates the uh, you know the successful ones from the less successful ones in some instances, not always, but I can tell you that the, the people we're working with are really keen on, on, on all, whether it's uh, even late laser, uh, you know, tattoos, piercings, um, scarification, whatever the category is. Uh, and maybe just because we feel more comfortable or I feel more comfortable talking to somebody who actually cares enough to ask me the questions. Um, you know, there's no, you know, calendars and you know you know uh you know models and you know it's just it's just not our thing maybe again again it's an age or a philosophy issue but um at the end of the day i never ever uh turn away anybody who has questions or criticism i mean when you know in the beginning you know it reminded me in the beginning people were making fun of the name <laughs> so i said you know how hard it is to find a name for a product it, it's <laughs> It's not. It's you know. It's not like uh, not like make a, you know. People are making fun of the name Pure Cleanse. Well, frankly, now I think it's really good. <laughs> you know, it, it's memorable. It's you know, maybe you don't like it or you know, it just it it, it, it that even that even costs money to find the names and label and our packaging wasn't the greatest. And we've you know we've improved it. We're working with you know my partner has a really good graphic artist that he's been you know working with for a number of years. So yeah, we're trying to make it a little you know more modern and. 
and cool, if that's the right word. But I'm not a cool person, so I don't really care about the label. <laughs> I want to know what's in it, and uh, you know. So uh, yeah, you know, and, you know, what can I say? So yeah, it's it's um, it, it's it's all about you know wanting to be the best at your business. If you're a dentist and you don't find out, you know, you know what's in the products you're using, I think it's a disservice to yourself and your and your clients. Whether you're a piercer or a tattoo artist, either you're a professional or you're not. And if you like what you hear from us or hear from others who know about us, great. If not, okay, I understand. There's other really good products out there, whether it's for, you know, pro- during the process or aftercare or whatnot. And there's also a lot of smoke and mirror products out there that have great packaging, fantastic packaging. I'm you know, somewhat jealous a little bit, but I'm not jealous when I read what the ingredients are or, or when I hear how they're being made. And so, again, you know, the ones who appreciate it, great, happy to work with you. The ones who don't, it's not a problem. You know, again, that's a question of age too. As you get older, you'll see you can't, you can't fight with everybody. You can't change people. It, you just have to, you know, Pick your spots and and do your best, and uh, you know it it follows from there. Well, I, I definitely want to uh, you know say that whatever you're doing, I feel like you're you're on the right path. So you know, keep 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 Thank doing you. Howard, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I think science is cool. So don't worry about it. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's okay, and you know, happy to answer the questions. I'm also happy to say I don't know the answer. Let me find out or let me refer you to somebody who can help you. I think that speaking speaking of that, um, there was a a question that I emailed you ahead of time about uh, contraindications with alcohol. Right. Um, I've heard I've heard some piercers in like I was actually I was teaching a seminar uh, in San Francisco uh, a few weeks ago. And um, one of the things that I mentioned was, you know, okay, you know, I'm I'm using a, a PCMX skin cleanser and. Um, sometimes if people have a lot of makeup in the area or something, I'll, I'll give them a quick, uh, wipe with an alcohol wipe to remove the makeup. And then I'll use the, the skin cleanser, um, to prep before the piercing. And someone pulled me aside and said, okay, well you can't, you can't tell people that because alcohol and PCMX, um, kind of cancel each other out. So is there, is there truth to that? Did you, did you get a chance to talk to anyone about it? So I spoke to a couple of, uh, I call them, you know, mentors for, you know, the piercing industry, uh, you know, uh, Pat and Ian. And uh, I also spoke to the lab. First first of all, my first comment is, and based on what I've gathered is, the alcohol is simply not necessary before pure cleanse. We've tested pure cleanse against alcohol and, all, and, and several others, and that's all available. Uh, you know, just have to ask me. Uh, so it's not it's not necessary you know the the protocol for pure cleanse is to you know wash rinse and repeat that should be more than enough to deal with anything that you've you know someone whether it's makeup or dirt or whatever the alcohol from what i know about it it, you know it's going to dry the skin it could potentially irritate having said that alcohol has its purpose you know for certain things and Technically, it should it should evaporate long before, you know, any other product. Forget if it's pure cleanse or something else are going to be used. The reality, though, is, and this was explained to me, it, there's there's factors, you know, in all these questions. Will it interact with PCMX? Well, it might. How much alcohol was used? What's the formula the formulation that was used? Where was it used? When you know how long was it put on? How quickly was the pure cleanse? 
you know, applied after the alcohol was enough time elapsed. So I don't want to answer the question and say that, oh, go ahead, do whatever you want, because that's not the truth. The, the, our situation is that regarding pure cleanse, it clearly says in the protocols, it shouldn't be mixed with any other products. It, it shouldn't be mixed with other products with PCMX because all of a sudden now the total PCMX being used could be over, you know, the recommended amount. And so I would say, you know, if you're going to use an alcohol wipe uh, before, it's sort of an unnecessary step. So why risk having any contraindication with PCMX if that could happen? And again, I'm not a scientist and without testing it and, it, you know, testing each and every variable, um, it, there's, there's really, I, I don't have an answer for that. And I'm, I, you know, I'm being as open as I can. I would simply say it's not necessary, but if you're going to use it, um, it, it should be used in a certain way that, that'll have no impact on whatever's going to follow. So, so you would, you would feel more comfortable. Um, let's just say, you know, rather than using the, the blanket, you know, all piercers, you know, do this thing. Um, so what you would rather see is if I had, you know, makeup in an area to just clean with pure cleanse first and then probably wipe away that pure cleanse in case it was contaminated with makeup and then uh, another pure cleanse application to, to clean the skin. Would that, would you think that would be more appropriate than alcohol? Right. Because, you know, um, you know, one of the fellows I spoke with said, you know, if he does use wipes before, he's got to use a whole bunch of them, you know, to cover a certain area and, uh, you know, opening packs and, and it takes time, uh, you know, not to mention the fact that pure cleanse can, you know, can be used on mucous membranes, septums, genitals. I'm, I'm reading, literally reading an email from somebody who said, you know, why bother with the alcohol? There's there's too many uh, things that that prevent you from just doing doing it properly overall and so i would say yes you know don't even bother with the alcohol before it's not necessary uh two 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 um you know two preps with pure cleanse will be more than enough but if for some reason whether it's a legislative issue or you know the health inspectors are mandating it and i know that happens unfortunately as well because i i do get calls about that you know they're telling us we have to have it in the shop or we have to use it first or whatever because you know they saw it they saw it somewhere in an old protocol book uh, you know that they have their handbook um I, I i guess i guess the answer would be well if you use it and then you know clean it off and wipe it away and you're starting from from scratch that then that would be acceptable too or right appropriate. because i i have heard that there are some states in the US where uh, alcohol has to be used. That's that's a, a legal requirement. They have to either wipe before or sometimes even after the piercing is performed, they have to wipe the area with alcohol. And I know that um, you know, a product like like Pure Cleanse has lasting effect. You know, you, you apply it and you have the immediate bacterial reduction, but then you have a continuous uh, effect after the fact. Right. Um, and if you apply alcohol after the fact, then then you're almost definitely negating uh, that benefit. Well, you're wiping it away. So yes, I mean it's it's common sense. If you if you take it off the skin when it should be still there, still being effective, then yes, whether you use alcohol or soap and water or anything else, you're you're gonna you're gonna diminish the effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just common sense. Yeah, I don't think you have to be a scientist for that. Um, you know. 
I can, I, well, I'm not even sure if I should say this, but I've been at tattoo conventions where, you know, the health inspector insisted that we hand out BZK wipes. Well, one convention, I went and bought a whole bunch of BZK wipes, handed them out to every tattoo artist at the show. And I would say the absolute vast majority went right in the garbage pail, but they had them on the table so the health inspector could see it. Again, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking very openly. <laughs> I don't want to get into trouble. But the fact is, you know, they, they don't want to be using things that are going to burn or irritate the skin and then start to work and open up the skin and have the person squirming in the chair. Right. Just, right. Be, just, just because the manual says you should use a particular product. Um, so, again, there's, you know, there's legislative issues, there's practical issues, there's reality. And so, yeah, I, I'm not sure if I properly answered the question. I apologize for that. But, no, uh, you definitely illuminated it, you know, because it's it's one of those things where I was doing it just out of habit, you know. I was doing it because I was thinking like, oh, okay, the person has a lot of foundation. Alcohol would definitely get rid of this. Um, you know, it's something we have in the studio for removing stencils or whatever with the tattoo, right. so why not try it? But I never really thought about, you know, how it might uh, impact uh, the effectiveness of other products and, and this and that, and I honestly... You know, I, I never thought about just using a second application of, of Pure Cleanse or, or, you know, whatever product we're, we're using, you know, because I was I was thinking like, you know, do A and then do B. You know, it's like, well, why not just do B and then B, you know, and I now that I'm thinking of it in those terms, it, it sounds so simple and so easy. It's like, well, why why would I think I need to use alcohol? Because alcohol itself is an irritating product. You know, like I wouldn't want to use alcohol if I... Um, you know, wanted to prevent dryness or redness or irritation. If I if I wanted to be able to use it somewhere around like the nostrils, you know, like uh, I think uh, something like Pure Cleanse is going to be a better product. So now that I think about it in those terms, it makes a lot more sense to me. And you know, it's just it's good, you know, for piercers out there listening. Um, keep in mind that you know you don't want to be stubborn and just say, well, I've I've always done it, so I'm going to keep doing it. You know, like I didn't think of it until someone gave me constructive criticism and was like, well, hey. Have you thought about this concern? And rather than just kind of like, you know, blindly saying like, oh, well, I'm going to keep doing it because I was doing it or just also blindly being like, okay, well, tell me what you do and I'll do it. You know, I, I asked the questions, you know, I went to Howard and I said, hey, you know, what can you tell me about this? You know, and I'm going to, you know, look up data on it and, and see what the actual science is to it. So, you know, um, just kind of take the lesson of you don't always have to just do the same thing forever. You know, like research what you're doing, why you're doing it, and the products you can use as an alternative. Right. Well, there's an evolu- evolution to everything in life, and I'm not trying to sell more pure cleanse. I'm just saying that, you know, we prefer that people not mix other products with it. Right. Either don't well, I mean, use it, it makes sense when you say it in <laughs> really simple terms like that. It, it makes complete sense to me. All right. Well, good. Then I'm happy I was able to do it. Uh, you know, a, a, another comment I got was, you know, when when they're using markers for, um, you know, uh, you know, before the, before a piercing, well, the the pure cleanse won't wipe it away, but alcohol will. So there's other issues involved. Uh, without getting into all the specifics, and that's something more that you know I can refer people to, you know, people with a lot more expertise and experience. But I think at the end of the day. I'll speak for myself. You sort of have to take your ego out of certain things sometimes and not think that your way is the only way. I'm not telling people that what they're doing is wrong. I'm just suggesting there could be a easier, simpler way to do it without potentially causing an issue. Um, and 
again, a slightly different topic in all the years and nothing to hide in all the years where anyone's ever called to say, hey, you know, a client had a reaction to something. Primarily, you know, it boiled down to a whole bunch of different products being used for whatever reason instead of just sticking with one, Mm -hmm. whether it was pure cleanse or something else. And so, you know, nobody really knows the interaction of multiple products. And, you know, it's a bit of an open-ended question if somebody says to you, well, this is exactly what's going to happen. I hope they've done some research into it because unless you've had, you know, a, a proper chemist or biologist tackle a subject, and try different permutations of, you know, how much of each and how long was each left on. It's really uh, a difficult thing to say. Um, so I like to keep it simple. And uh, I think that would be you know, probably wise for most situations. I mean, it, it definitely, there's definitely logic to it. And that definitely makes sense. Um, so uh, just to kind of start wrapping it up, if, if people want to um, check out maybe samples of the product or you know read about the product or or even buy the product are there certain websites or shops or companies you'd want to steer them towards um well the our basic website is uh soulabs.ca s-o-l-a-b-s.ca but i believe it's all transferred directly to purecleanse.com you know the u.s version and on there there are listed uh, various distributors I'm more than welcome to, uh, you know, speak to anybody. I'm happy to speak to anybody. You know, they can reach me either at Howard at soulabs.ca or through the website, um, you know, and then I refer them to people. Uh, you know, we do sell a little bit off the website, but the primary goal of the website is just to provide information, whether it's, you know, protocols, uh, safety data sheets, etc. And I'd much rather people buy through a distributor. It'll probably be better for them depending on where they're living. It'll be cheaper in terms of shipping, for example. Uh, you know, and we're not trying to compete with our distributors. I know that's another big issue in, in the industry in general. And in part why we, you know, we were contacted to make a, a, a private label brand for a distributor because the manufacturers are going to head to head with them. You know, everybody uh, is trying to sell direct now, you know, online. And uh, I don't know, I find that a little bit uh, weird uh, in the sense that, you know, why, why, you know, bite the hand that's been feeding you. So, yes, I'm happy to provide information and then I will, I will definitely try to help them find the best place where they can buy the product, you know, whether it's uh, in Europe at, you know, Holdfast in the UK or, or Nordic, uh, you know, um, you know, in Finland or in the States with Patrick or a whole bunch of you know, people here in Canada. The goal is for me to try and get people to try it and hopefully continue. And so I'll, I'll make sure that they, they're um, you know treated properly and follow up to make sure that they got the product and find out what they think about it. Okay, great. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time, Howard. You know, uh, not a lot of people that uh, you know have, have that kind of a similar position in a company are always super open to like taking time out of their day and, and talking about what, what goes into the behind the scenes part of, of making their products. So I just want to say thanks for, uh, for taking the time for me and, and just having so much uh, accessibility in general, with, uh, especially with a product like this where there's a lot of science behind it. Um, it, it really helps a lot of piercers and you know anybody else interested in the product to, to just be able to like hear it in, in simple terms about you know how it's made, you know why it's, why it's sold the way it's sold. And uh, so I just want to say you know thanks for that. No, no, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you know you're willing to listen and uh, you know all, all the guidance over the years. So uh, thank you for that as well. 
All right. Well, uh, next time I'm up in uh, Montreal, let's try to maybe get together for some lunch or something. Oh, ab- absolutely. You know, uh, winter's coming soon, but uh, it's okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anytime. All right. I, hope, I hope you will get in touch. All right. And Thanks then you help me get back to one of these days. Yeah, we'd love to have you anytime you can. Okay, terrific. Thank you again. Have a great Thank day. You. I, I uh, speak to you again soon. Me too. Thanks, Howard. Bye. Bye. All right, so uh, I always think it's really nice talking to Howard, you know, and that's that's just one of the things about it, you know. If you have a question about Pure Cleanse, you can just talk to Howard, and, and it's uh, it's nice to have that accessibility. It's also nice to have it be someone who's uh, so open-minded about the industry and is is so open to uh, constructive criticism and, and feedback. Um, just a really nice person, uh, really nice family. Uh, you know, we all miss Shirley. And, uh, you know, we appreciate uh, the people behind the scenes who, who make these products for us. So uh, again, one more time, I've still got my class open uh, Monday, December 3rd in the Portland, Oregon area. You can go to precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars. You can get all the info for registration on that. Uh, I've got a bunch of my shirts up on uh, precisionbodyarts.com slash shop. You can check out the Gentian Violence shirt. Uh, that's a pretty popular one. I'm going to have to reprint that again soon. Uh, the Defend Piercing uh, shirt. I'm probably going to make some knit caps and maybe some hoodies for that for uh, for the winter time because it's already getting like frigidly cold in New Hampshire. I went to uh, Las Vegas for a few days and and it was really you know Las Vegas nice desert weather out there and then I came home to like freezing cold weather at home so uh, we really didn't get fall this year it just went summer into winter so uh, I'll have some uh, some stuff ready to, to keep everybody warm and uh, you know make some make some money shamelessly uh, so I'll be back next week and I've got a couple good interviews in the can already uh, I've got uh, Sharon from classic in Amsterdam I've got Mick from Cold Steel out in San Francisco so I'll pick one of those get those edited down for you and I think I've got a couple other interviews Maybe some leftover ones from conference too, but I'll uh, keep the hits rolling for you and uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.